Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD. The money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with 19 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance. I'm also Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider and have been helping companies for more than 20 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today. As usual, on our weekly radio show, we are right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. You can also go to our website, moneymd.net, and we have a link in the top right-hand corner. So obviously you can, uh, if you're in the area, you can stream us or listen to us on 1230 a.m., or you can um, just kind of hang out on your computer. Yeah, it's a great way to listen. Also, you can download the TuneIn radio app on your smartphone, and um, that's the way I like to listen. And you can also, if you buy the upgraded version of that, you can record it. You mm-hmm. can set it up to record every Saturday morning so you don't have to be there and you can listen to it later. You know, and you can, of course, you can listen on your smartphone while you're jogging or work around the house. Or, sure. You know. A lot of different ways to get yeah, the money, doctors. Playing golf or watching Maybe football, not playing right? Golf. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a distraction. Could be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Also, check us out on our website, moneymd.net, where you can link to us there and email us your questions or you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. We would love to hear from you. Well, John, I think we have an awesome show lined up for today. Um, good stuff, as usual, but we're going to start off with... Yeah, we actually have a Dave Ramsey article. We've got a couple of articles from Mr. Ramsey yeah. today, and um, it's uh, the first one we're going to lead off with is 10 Things American Waste Money On, and, and it's probably 100 things that they waste probably. on, but these are 10 things that stand out, and uh, this, some of the numbers are staggering. It, they really are. So we're going to go through some ideas and some thoughts and some ways that maybe you can save... You know, a couple hundred bucks a month. That, that yeah. adds up over time. Yeah, that's great. Very, very important. I mean, yeah, we're all about managing money today. This is kind of like our manage your money show here. That's right. And because uh, we're going to follow that up with the six reasons you don't save enough. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people, we always kid ourselves about, we, we really lie to ourselves about, you know, why our excuses for not saving money. Well, we're going to talk about the six most popular excuses and the real reason behind it and how to, how to solve that, how yeah. to fix it. Yeah. And then we're going to follow up with, um, current event, um, type topic. Um, just talking about money problems and, uh, divorce. Divorce. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, money is a leading cause of divorce. And, and when people do divorce, it's even more difficult, typically, because the income split, your retirement split, and we're going to kind of go into some some details. And you and I do counseling for, for folks in that arena, and it, it's tough. It, it really is. It's, it's a challenging situation. Um, challenging situation. So we're going to go into some ideas of maybe how you can avoid that. Right? Yeah, it takes planning. Yeah, you definitely have to think your way through that. Just don't let it happen by default. Yep. All right, but we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week, and this is a good one. Yeah, we have good news, right? We do. Uh, we, you know, DFA, Dimensional Fund Advisors, is a mutual fund company that, that we use primarily at our 
firm, right? Yeah, exactly. We really so, believe in their philosophy. Been been with them for since 1995, roughly. That's, that's right. So um, you know, coming up on on 20 years here, and um, there was a there's a company out there called Cogent Research, and um, they hit, did a report annually. They they talked to uh, about 1,700 financial advisors. They go out and just survey different advisors, and they they figure out which mutual funds the advisors like the best. And, you know, there's different, you know, uh, mutual funds out there like Vanguard and PIMCO and T. Rowe Price. And, you know, there's probably 20 or 30 or 40 of those. And DFA, Dimensional Fund Advisors, actually was the the preferred mutual fund company out in the marketplace. For advisors. Now, you have to think about that. I mean, that, you know, advisors are the folks that tend to be most informed, right, Mm -hmm. with what the expenses are and the cost and Strategy. strategy, how the funds are managed. And, you know, you have the the professionals in the business here, like ourselves, that that overall prefer DFA. I mean, that carries some weight. That's pretty impressive. It really is. It really is. And you know, DFA they go and talk about in this article. DFA offers a suite of equity and fixed income funds whose strategies are based on applied academic research, which is a lot different than most companies. Um, so we talked about you know uh, before about Eugene Fama, who is one of the founders of some financial theories, is actually on the board at, at DFA, and he won a Nobel Prize. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, one of their advisors, board of advisors folks, like you said, Dr. Eugene Fama won the Nobel Prize, I mean, for Pete's sake. I mean, how many fun groups can say that? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's pretty impressive in itself. So, so we're pretty excited about that. We we read articles from DFA all the time, and we know the different funds out there, and um, congratulations, DFA. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> that's that's pretty impressive, yeah. As usual, though, you know, you have to refer to a prospectus yes. for oh, absolutely. any information, any details about any mutual fund company. Um, but uh, I always do the research, sit down, don't make rash decisions. But um, Right, but uh, that was the one that was voted number one yeah. by this study. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. All right, great. Well, that leads us up to our first topic here, and that is uh, the 10 things Americans waste money on. Yeah. The top ten, top I guess. Ten. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's or, a lot of things out there. Yeah, there's a lot of things. We all can think of a lot <laughs> of examples. Put, put betting on here. You know, if you think about Vegas, is not on this list, but there's a reason why there's big buildings out in Vegas, right? No <laughs> doubt. Everybody, has, stacked against everybody you. has their thing they spend money on, but uh, here's a common ten of them, that's yeah. for sure. And things you don't think about, too, unfortunately. Yeah, and this is a, a list from Dave Ramsey, um, and, um, you know, don't think about you know, a lot of times. Don't think about these particular items because sometimes they're small. But we really need to because there's there's really so many places in our daily routine where money can be wasted really without us knowing it. It's ridiculous enough to make um, a list over. Um, so here are the ten things that we waste money on in America today. And number one here, in in no particular order, is credit card interest. And you know the only thing stupider than buying something you can't afford is something that. Um, you can't afford at a 15% interest rate, yeah. which happens to be the average interest rate on credit card debt. I did yeah. some research on this. It's crazy. And I, I mean, we've seen studies, you know, the average person carries something like $2,500 average family maybe on credit card debt. I mean, it's a big number, you know, that people just carry over and over again. So that interest adds up every yeah. year. I mean, you think about it. The actual, the average is, is about 15000 oh. Um When you when okay. you only look at people with, with credit card debt, when you expand it okay. out to okay. everybody, okay. like you and I don't have credit card debt, but if you right. look at just the people who have it, it's about $15,000 is the average. And so here's some stats. It's $550 a month to service that $15,000 debt. At a 15% interest rate, you're paying over $2,000 in interest in one year, 
and over $6,000 over a five-year period. So that's, that's a huge that's waste. Crazy. You get nothing for that. So that's a car payment. It absolutely is, and it just goes away. And so instead of putting that 550 towards you know, an emergency fund or, or wealth building, you're, it's going out the door. So Insane. huge waste. Yeah, it really is. So don't pay credit card interest. That's a, that's a bad deal. Number two on the list here is uh, deal websites. Um, you remember the last time you bought a uh, laser laser hair removal deal at 78% off? <laughs> I can't, can't remember that. I'm starting to think about maybe a laser hair <laughs> implant deal. <laughs> no, no. But, you know, you, you'll see these websites and deals out there and everywhere. Groupon, I mean, they're all over the place. If you can get a deal on something, and it's something that you really don't need. And so yeah, you may be it. you may be saving sixty percent, but guess what? You're spending forty percent on something that's you not know. Needed. I did buy a new pair of golf shoes on some super deeper deal. You? Well, you but you use them though. Yeah, eventually I'll use them, but I I already have. Like, okay, well you know. So there you go. But eventually I will use deals those. Deals are good if you need the item, but a lot of times right. people are buying things I, that I they don't put, need. I could have put that one off, but you know it's like sixty seventy percent off. John, come on. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay as long as you use it in the future. <laughs> but buying use. something, if you were to buy a um. I don't know, a harmonica, right? Would you ever right. play the harmonica? No, of probably not. not. Well, and I have bought stuff before, and then it, like, become obsolete. You know, yeah. something better came out, or they changed the style or something, and you thought, oh, I'll use that in a year or two. Well, guess what? You didn't use it. Yeah, you right, end up right. sending it to the thrift store, yeah. you know, or a garage sale, and it's brand new. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. All right, number three here is appetizers. Um you know, yeah, I mean, restaurants, you know, you you go to a restaurant, you, you have lunch or dinner portions that are really huge, right? I mean, you need to bring a box just to bring home the leftovers or get a box. And and so why do you pay an extra 6 or 7 or $9 now, mm-hmm. really, in today's world, you know, for an appetizer in something that you don't really have room for? Now, I can understand if it's like six or seven of you, you know, I mean, yeah. it's a big crowd and you just Good want share. something small. But, you know, for like one or two people, that's just... And drinks are even worse. Well, I, I was that, that's the I was one. about to say I, we're going doing an FPU class at our at our church, and one of the um, families that's going through. They've sat down and they calculated they're spending sixteen hundred dollars a year on sodas at restaurants. Holy smokes! So it's like what could you do with sixteen hundred dollars a year extra? So get water. Yeah, I mean, that is yeah. A, that's a could be a huge savings. It's funny, that's what all my family gets water. I'm the only one in my family that gets soda when we Do go to a really? restaurant. Right. Yeah, so I'm the one wasting the money. Golly. But um, yeah, but never would have thought it. But you know, it's funny. We save a ton of money because they don't drink sodas yeah. at restaurants yeah. typically. And uh, but then I go out with friends. And they'll order wine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you start adding wine and alcohol and stuff. Yeah. Holy smokes. You can spend as much as your dinner that's right. on sodas. You so got tax and tip on top of that. It adds up. It gets crazy. So you really got to think about those extras. All right, number four on the list is ATM fees. You know, when you use a bank um, that's not your own, they charge you a fee, right? Well, mm-hmm. most people don't even think about it. They just throw it in there, and they say, oh, it's only a couple bucks. Well, you know, then your bank charges you again. Our bank charges you. Their bank charges you. Before you know it, I mean, it adds up to quite a bit of money. So you got to start thinking about it. And if you hit bank machines a lot, <clears throat> that can be a big a big yeah. chunk because some people hit it like once a week. Yeah, you take out fifty bucks and you get a three or you know four dollar charge on. That's a huge interest. I rate. mean, they don't even think about it. They're taking out small amounts <laughs> once a week, and you know you do that fifty times a year, and hello, I yeah. mean, we're talking some serious bucks. So, yeah, don't do that. I mean, it, it's really crazy. Um, go to your you know go to your branch of your bank. Avoid those extra two or three dollar fees. Yeah, and we've got another uh, six items on the list here, which we'll cover after after the break here. Exactly, but if you 
you have a question, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marber, the certified financial planner. And I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about the 10 things that Americans waste money on. Um, and this is just 10 examples, John. I mean, there are probably hundreds, right? Yeah, no doubt. It's crazy what you could spend money on. But, yeah, these are some good ones. Yeah, this is from a Dave Ramsey article. And uh, the first one on the list was credit card interest. You know, the average balance is about 15000 We see people paying you know, a couple thousand dollars a year in interest, which is That's just a waste. Shocking. It's that just, is just shocking. That they <clears> just throwing it out. To be the high. Yeah. yeah, just throwing it out the window. No, nothing to show for it. Uh, number two on the list was deal websites, um, buying things that you really don't need. Now, I think, you know, when you're talking about uh, the golf shoes, I mean, you know, Tammy uh, does a lot of our shopping, and she'll buy things ahead of time that we'll use to get a deal on it. But right. if it's not something you and, really need. And that's what I did, yeah. But I but I already have, you know, a new pair yeah. in waiting. So, you know, because I, I, I win some of these golf tournaments, you know, these that I play in. <laughs> I play in a lot of golf tournaments. And uh, so I get money after using the pro shop. So, yeah, I probably didn't really need to get those. I probably should have waited. It's just one that popped in my head. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one, though. We're all guilty. That's right. That's right. Number three on the list was appetizers. You know, instead of, you know, having to take a box home, just cut out the appetizer. It's six, seven, eight, nine dollars. Uh, buy, get water instead of sodas. Um, ATM fees is another big one we see. You know, they can nickel and dime you to death. Two dollars here, three dollars there. If you do that a couple, you know, dozen times during the year, it adds up over time. So stay away from ATMs as well. And then number five here on the list is, is overdraft fees. And for these, there's, as Mr. Ramsey says, there's just no excuse. No, it's just stupidity. I hate to say it, but you know, if you if you get charged overdraft fees, you've been stupid. He I'm says sloppiness, but that's you know. I'm not gonna say you are stupid, but you've been stupid. Okay, yeah. so wake up. You know, don't let that happen again. Yeah, he says if you add correctly and spend less than you make, you never pay a dime of overdraft fees, and fees result from sloppiness, pure and simple. And I did a little bit of research on this. In 2012, there were there was 31. Point five billion with a B in overdraft fees. Wow! I mean, we did that once. I can remember in our entire marriage, yeah. Kathy and I, you know, made a mistake and had overdrafts. But I think we did once as well, and that's all it took. That's it. You take <laughs> one time, and it's so painful because you, you know, of course, the bank, you know, weights it against you because they do the, they rearrange them so that the the smallest ones clear first. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest one clears first, so you have a whole bunch of them rather than just like two. You know. And they, they purposely try to do that to you. So, yeah, it's a very painful process. Dave, you don't want to go through that. Dave calls that stupid tax. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Only pay it once, you know. Learn, exactly learn from that lesson. It is. So please learn from it. Yeah, overdraft it. fees can, can kill you. So uh, number six here on the list is speedy shipping. You know, you know, really? Do you really need it that fast? I mean, yeah. you know, they offer that. Go to Amazon. And um, do you need? Do you have to have that book or the clothes, you know, tomorrow? Can you wait maybe Four to seven days to get it. I mean, you know, it is nice. Um, we have a. Uh, oh, you've done in, this too? in our family. We have a, we have a, a one person in our family. Josh has the Amazon Prime account. Okay, right, and we actually pay for it now. I think you know, but but then there's like there's like six of us that are ordering stuff, and we get the free two day shipping. I wonder if the the neighbors are wondering what's going on at the Marvin house. Oh, it's unbelievable how much stuff we get because we just don't go to the store anymore. You know, but. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you don't want to pay individually for extra, you know, for faster shipping. That's just nuts. I mean, order it early enough. Yeah, D- Dave says with priority shipping, the only thing that moves faster than the package towards you is your money, which is going away from you. So that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, that's a good one. Number seven here on the list is designer baby clothes. I mean, I can't think of, you know, ever doing that for our kids when they were small. Yeah, we always went to the thrift store and bought we, stuff. We did, too. Plus, we, but, you know, we got hand-me-downs. I mean, yeah. those are great. They last forever for kids because they outgrow them so fast. But I do remember my mom buying some really nice stuff, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there th- for birthdays and stuff, and I'm sitting there thinking. Yeah, maybe gifts. You know, still, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. why would she buy something so nice? I mean, she could have just, I don't know, given her money or something for the future. You know, we could have. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it, the glorified stain gatherers, as they call them here, um, you know, why would you spend $20 on, on Feed Me or No One Sleeps t-shirts when there's three ticks away from, you know, being covered in a, in a, with, bre- with breakfast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's a good that's one. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, go to the thrift store. I mean, <clears throat> you're, you're paying so much for those, um, garage sales. I mean, hand me downs are so many ways to satisfy that need. So. That's a good one. And number eight here on the list is unused gym memberships. Hmm. Okay, I mean, we're all probably guilty of this at some time or another. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, people go join their health club around New Year's, uh, resolving uh, to lose weight, right? And then there's so many empty treadmills come January 15th. I mean, it's like it doesn't even last a month. And the monthly dues don't stop. People keep kidding themselves. They keep... You know, again, lying to themselves, saying, oh, I'm going to get back on it. You know, I'm, I'm not done with this. I'm not giving up on it yet. And they'll do it for a half a year or the entire year. Uh, Matthew was talking to us the other day. He found a really good deal on like a treadmill or stair stepper or something. We yeah. were looking at it, and he was like, Dad, that, that's a good deal. And it was. But it's one of those things, the the deal websites, you know, yeah. we talked about earlier. There you go. We've had that. I've had that experience, and it kind of reverted back to when, when Tammy and I were first married. We got an exercise bike. Well, we ended up hanging clothes on that to dry. You know, we never used it. Yeah. So I, I told Matthew, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Well, what I did was I bought a used universal weight machine, mm-hmm. you know, and instead of the gym membership, I dropped the Gold's thing back, you know, years and years ago. And uh, and I've just used that. I, I've been using it, you yeah. know, consistently a few times a week, you know, for, for, for years and years. And it costs almost nothing now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a lot better solution, but if you're going to, don't get a gym membership unless you really, really yeah. use it. I mean, how much do they charge to go run outside these days? Uh, it was free last time. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's pretty good. I good. bought a new pair of tennis shoes too. Yeah. Good. For running shoes. That's, that was a pretty cheap <clears> too. <throat> so you use them a long time. Yeah. So number nine here on the list is premium cable packages. This one is, is funny as. You know, not only do we not watch 90% of the channels that are on, but with so many reality shows and specialized stations, TV as a concept is about as rich as a person who lives paycheck to paycheck. I mean, what Dave's saying there is, you know, you have 200 channels. Do you really need 200 channels? I mean, I use like three of them. Yeah. You know, four maybe. We do, you know, counseling sometimes and we'll see someone with a $200, you know, bill on a monthly basis. They have HD, HBO. I mean, it just adds on and on and on. It's like. You know, you're wasting money. All right. And then last year on the list is the daily coffee trips. Um, I mean, come on. You know, the Starbucks for the latte, whatever it is you're buying there. I mean, think about it. You do that every single day, smoke's alive. I mean, that's going to add up to a lot of mm-hmm. money. 
And it's just silly, you know. So you you need to get away from that. I mean, brew your own. Do something simple. Don't be running to the store every day to to buy your biscuit and coffee or just coffee. And I mean, think about the calories too. It's called five bucks now, I think. Yeah, it probably <laughs> is. Yeah, I haven't been in so long. I just saw that Starbucks is opening a um something over at, at USC Aiken. So they're getting the college kids early. Yeah, you no know? doubt, no Link. doubt. I mean, they're they're still very popular. No, no doubt. So, all right, here we are. Um, it leads up here to the question of the week. Yeah, we get this question periodically from folks about real estate, and the question is, is should I invest in real estate to generate some rental income? And and um, mm. you know, it really depends on it's a popular thing. It is. It depends on your um idea of real estate. Some people are cut out to do it. They're able to go in and fix. Um, yeah. problems and issues. Um, That's the key. You, you got to have some skills and time. Yeah, it, it's it's not a it's not a hobby. It becomes work. It's not it a pa- not a passive investment. If you think you're going to buy a little rental property and you know hire somebody to fix it up and then hire somebody to manage it or or just rent it out one time, you're done. Forget it. It yeah. takes some real time and it takes some effort. And you know if you have those skills and you have time, that's a, it's not a bad way to, to build some, um, you know, equity in, in, as an investment. You know, you want to diversify, though. You want to have other investments, too, out there. But, uh, but yeah, if you don't have those skills in time, you don't know anything about it, you don't have the desire, don't even think about it is my. Yeah, I see both sides. I see some people come in that have too much real estate. <clears throat> they don't have any investments. I and, do, yeah. And, uh, and vice versa. Some people, and, and the question I ask them is, are you okay getting a phone call at 12 o'clock at night to come fix something? Yeah, and, right. Um, Tame and I have talked about that, and we're not. We've never done done that piece of it. It's just not something we're comfortable with. I don't have the the skills, as you know. I've had you over to my house helping me out with some well, <laughs> some home yeah. projects. So it's just not something that we've we've chosen not to invest in. Well, I'm in the same boat. I mean, everybody has their areas of skills, right, and talent, and and I I think I do have the skills to do it, but I don't have the time. Yeah. Or the desire, you know. I just don't want to go and be fixing other people's stuff. You know, I invest in the. You know, stock market, and and I'm happy with the return that I get over time, and in, in that way, and uh, you have enough stuff to fix at your house, right? I do have plenty of stuff. To, well, of course, then I have the office too, so there's no shortage. <laughs> well, you do have real estate, then you you have the yeah, well, home I, and the but, business, but it's a use. But I mean, we're using <laughs> sure, that, right? Sure. So that's a little bit different. But you, you know, know firsthand that it does. I mean, it takes it takes some real right. effort. I mean, I try to rent out the space upstairs in our office and. You know, you got to go up there and fix stuff before mm-hmm. you can do that, and it's a lot of effort to try to rent it, and then you got to deal with the renters once you get them, because there's always some issue, yeah. you know, about them wanting to put another sign outside or, or something different. So, yeah, think hard and long about that before you uh, jump into the real estate rental market and become a uh, landlord. Become a, a landlord, exactly. All right, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. Or give us a call during regular business hours at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages and GMN News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner. And I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And uh, we're going to start a new discussion here, um, coming back from the break, and that is the six reasons you don't save enough money. <laughs> this is it. You know, this is it. Just may not be your exact six, but, you know, these are some really common mm-hmm. 
excuses that people use for uh, for not saving money. And this is an article out of um, Daily Worth. Um, and this guy, uh, Wood Jocklin, I guess the lady, uh, Hodes, wrote this. And it's off of Yahoo Finance. And pretty good article here. And it really talks about the reasons you don't save money, but then it talks about the real reason behind it. What you say you don't do, and then the reason you say, and then what it really means behind it. Translation. The translation, exactly. So it's pretty good here. Yeah, and as financial advisors, John, I mean, we work with clients all the time, and it is a lesson in psychology, Mm -hmm. as they mentioned here. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the same old excuses that people use for not saving money um, or, or, or not saving any at all. And the truth is that these excuses are just kind of cover-ups for, you know, a chronic self-sabotaging behaviors that people have. And, you know, you can relate. I mean, everybody's used some of these yourself. Um, and we all have financial demons that lurk in our subconscious that get in the way of making smart money decisions. You know, whether they stem from our childhood, our experiences with peers, our partners, or even, um, you know, our DNA. <laughs> You know, our heredity. I mean, those negative messages remain in the background of your mind. They kind of cloud your better judgment when it comes to saving money. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately, women seem to be particularly susceptible to this. Studies show that women uh, typically save less than men, invest less than men, and create financial plans less often than men. And and, um, on the good side of it, they live longer than men. Yeah, is what the the data shows us. but typically they make less than men. Their salaries are lower. They sacrifice earnings more than men. And they're much more vulnerable after divorce or becoming widowed. So, you know, clearly the need for women specifically to save more is greater today than really ever before. In the yeah, past. so with women out there, I really listen up because this is really, really important for you and, and for your spouse. But you're the one that's likely going to be you know, living longer and really need this money in retirement. So, so why aren't you saving enough? Well, the key to your success is understanding and confronting the truth behind your excuses. And that's what we're going to cover here today. Um, you know, then it's a matter of taking a few simple steps to break the cycle of the bad money behavior. So here are six common excuses that people use and the real reasons behind them and what you can do to change it. That's the key. So number one here on the list is, okay, what, what you say, what people tend to say is, I don't have anything left to save, mm-hmm. implying that, you know, right, everything's left. You know, you don't have any money left at the end of the month, right? The translation is you spend everything you make. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. You know, it's it's all too easy to have your hard-earned money vanish in a few quick swipes of your credit card, you know, or clicks of your button on your computer when you're sitting down at night. That's what I'm guilty of. Without making a conscious effort, though, to set aside savings on a monthly basis, you're most likely going to spend all of your income. And doing so then is going to give you an excuse that you don't have anything left to save. So you don't. Yeah. It's really the bottom line. Yeah, and the solution to that is, is to automate. I mean, that exactly. is so key. I sit down with clients, and they're like, um, so how do you want to contribute to the Roth account? You know, you have you can automate it or you can send a check. And sometimes they'll say, I want to send a check in. I'm like, well, let me just tell you the you know, the downside of that is, is I have people that say they're going to send checks in, and they don't do it. That's when you right. have it set up automatically, That's a key. it comes out of your account, you know, on a monthly basis. So, you know, start by maxing out the amount that you can contribute to your retirement account each month um, and try to get at least as much as your employer matches. That's free money. Um, you can always scale back if you need. 
and also aim to transfer about $100 each month into a an emergency fund or a curveball account, as they call it here, for those periodic uh-ohs. And this will help you keep keep you out of debt. So I like the automatic. That's that's It's simple. It is very, very, <clears throat> very key. Effective. And if people do it, yeah, I mean, you have to make one decision, then it's done, and you don't have to rethink it every month. Because if you have to make that decision every month, you're not going to do it consistently. Right. Very few people will make the same decision to send that money in every month. So set it up automatically. That's a good one. All right, number two here on the list is what you say is, I deserve this and this and that yeah. and this. You know, I deserve it. I need this. <laughs> Translation is you're trying to fill an emotional void, right? The, your, your spa treatment or your new pair of shoes here, a weekend getaway or an extra round of drinks there, um, being around a golf for me at some nice place, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a easy, it, it's just easy to justify <clears throat> the overspending. You know, the occasional <clears throat> indulgence is kind of mentally healthy. So it's not, it's okay to do it occasionally. But remember that allowing yourself to too many treats will undermine your savings goals. So whether it's the insecurity, the jealousy, the sadness or anxiety, um, emotions are a painful, are a very powerful fuel for frivolous spending that can very quickly add up and ultimately can add stress that triggers in the first place. Yeah, I have to admit, I did this when I first started working my first job out of college. And yeah. I was like, I remember telling Tammy, you know, I work hard. I deserve to go snow skiing out west. There you go. I remember saying that. And hindsight it was it was emotional i was you know stressed and felt like i i deserved it well yeah no, not really everybody feels like they deserve something exactly so the solution here is to reframe your thinking about what you deserve i mean sure splurging can provide a temporary fix you know and for your emotional void <clears throat> but the high only lasts for a short period of time even worse i mean it usually is followed by guilt and regret so it adds to your stress in the long run so you know, I mean, don't you deserve financial security and a comfortable retirement more than the fleeting buzz of that instant gratification? Yes, you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So remind yourself of that on a regular basis. You know, what you deserve and what your spouse deserves is financial security. So that's really the solution. All right. And then number three here on the list is what you say is I'll save more when I make more. Um, in other words, I don't make enough money now mm-hmm. is what you say. Well, the translation is you're a chronic procrastinator, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, um, boy, these are mean, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> they well, they're, they're, they're straightforward. They really they're are talk. straightforward. Yeah. But I mean, that's Need the translation. You really are. You're, you're a procrastinator and it's easy to use the excuse of bad timing to justify putting off what you should be doing now. But the fact is you may not earn more in the future or as soon as you would, would hope to. Um, plus, you know, most procrastinators um, who do ultimately make more money, they end up increasing their lifestyle to match their increased income, only perpetuating that vicious cycle of not saving. So, yeah, that's the, 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 the real situation behind this. The solution is start saving now. I mean, even if it's seemingly insignificant amount, the sooner you get into a habit of saving monthly, consistently, the better. I mean, then you'll end up, 
then if you do end up making more money, it'll be a lot easier just to add to the savings, mm-hmm. to up that amount that you're saving from scratch rather than starting from scratch. So remember, the key to long-term wealth is not timing the market, but it's time in the market. Mm, that's very good. Yeah, so get going now. You know, <laughs> automatically every month, just like you said, John. Number four here, I'm going to cover both the translations and the solution based on um, kind of time. We're, we're coming sure. up on a break here in Go a couple ahead. minutes. but. Um, I have to pay off debt first, and this article is saying you should save even though you have debt. Um, you know, Dave Ramsey would basically say have a thousand dollars in an emergency fund and then go attack your debt. <clears throat> Once you get those through those pieces, then you should go on to to the saving piece. So, I mean, the key is is you have to make a commitment to to do one thing. Dave is huge on, and we're big believers in being, um, you know, gazelle intense on one of the areas that you're on. So. Um, That's right. But, you know, you got to get through the debt. You've got to stop spending money so you can pay yourself going forward. So that's that's an excuse we hear a lot is we have a lot of debt, but you got to get through that and make saving a priority, right? Yeah, exactly, and do it routinely, you know, automatically, like you said before. Hey, that's a good one. All right, number five here is you say, I can't even think about the future. Um, the translation is you don't have a plan, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's amazing how much time we waste on watching TV or browsing the aisles of Target. And yet, you know, very few of us take the time to really think about what we want in life and how to get there. And sure, I mean, it may seem overwhelming or impossible to achieve, um, but just taking a few simple steps can help you wrap your brain around, you know, what life could be like in the future and motivate you to work towards making that a reality. So the solution is take about 15 minutes to consider your financial goals, set up an appointment for yourself, you know, on your personal calendar if necessary, write them down, then prioritize them um, by time frame and get started with it. That's really the solution. Or give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. I mean, that's why a lot of people work with advisors. They need help with this stuff. That's exactly right. And and the last one here on the list is I have to worry about my, my family. And translation is... You know, you pay yourself last, whether you've scaled back on work to be a caretaker or spending all your discretionary income on your kids' college. Um, you, you know, you, you've got to, you can get loans for college, you can't get it for retirement. So that's you've got exactly to make, right. You've got to make that a priority. Yeah, pay yourself first is the solution to that. That's exactly right. All right, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call, 706-739-0725. You're listening to John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marber, the certified financial planner. And I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are um, continuing our discussion here before the break about the six real reasons you don't save enough money. Um, you know, it's a good article out of uh, Daily Worth um, by uh, Jacqueline uh, Hodes in Campbell for Yahoo Finance here just this past week, John. And, you know, I mean, this it's really kind of hits home because it's, you know, we all have excuses that mm-hmm. we put out there for why we justify our actions. And, you know, we say things like, I don't have anything left to save. Well, you know, the translation of that is you spend everything you make and you need to set up an automatic yeah. system for saving money. And then we say, you know, I don't I deserve this and I deserve that. You know, it's an emotional thing. When we're trying to fill some kind of emotional void or, or, or some kind of stress we have in our life. And we need to reframe our thinking around that, right, and really think about what we really deserve and what's a need and what's a want. 
And, um, you know, and then the next one here was, you know, I, I, I save more. Um, I'll save more when I make more. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't make enough money. Well, that's just code for I'm a procrastinator and I want to continue procrastinating. Yeah, most of the time we see when the income goes up, so does the spending. It does. So you can start little, but you need to start now. You know, even a small amount, just make it automatically go into your savings account. Get some real savings going. And then we um, talked about the last few here. You know, I have to pay off my debts first. Um, well, again, uh, you can't do it all at once, right? So you have to, you're not going to get there if you do that. Yeah, you got to focus. You got to focus. You got to start them both. You got to start paying off debt and start saving at both at the same time. Make a commitment. And then we say, I can't even think about the future. Well, you know, that just means you don't have a plan and you don't mm-hmm. want to do any planning. Which is not unusual. Most people don't have plans. That's exactly right. I mean, people say, oh, I got too much going on. I don't have time. I can't think about it. Well, you, you need to take 15 minutes. In fact, take 15 minutes right after our show this morning mm-hmm. and make a plan. You know, just, just 15 minutes of just what are your goals? Just write them down and kind of lay them out and, you know, set some priorities for which ones you're going to tackle and, and how. Um, it doesn't take that long. And then the last one on the list here we just talked about was, you know, I have to worry about my family. Well, that's a real noble cause, no doubt. Families come first, right? But, you know, the translation is you don't pay yourself first. And you need to think about yourself first in terms of saving because it's kind of like when you're on the airplane, right? You have the, uh, the uh, you know, they tell you that if there's an emergency, put your air mask on first. Yeah, so you can And help. then put it so you can help your kids, you know. It's a good and, analogy. Yeah, it really is a good analogy. So, yeah, so these are really good. You know, you just have to think about, um, you know, what your excuses are and stop making excuses and get started saving money. And that's really the bottom line here. Yeah, and so, if you need help, give us a give us a call. We'll uh, be more happy to sit down exactly. with you. Exactly. All right. That leads us up here to our prescription of the week. Yeah, this has uh, to do with communication um, and talking to your kids about money from an early age, teaching them, you know, about giving and saving and, and uh, money doesn't grow on trees. I had a meeting uh, recently with a, a young young man in his 20s, and unfortunately his father passed away very quickly, and he's had to take over the business. And um, he and his mom are not discussing money at all. They've just never done that in their family. It's kind of been a taboo subject. So I really encouraged him, even at his age, start talking with your mom. There's a lot of questions about businesses and how she's going to get income and, and um, you know, I think he's going to do it, but it was not something they've ever discussed before. So he felt uncomfortable with the initial thought of it. But as we talk through it, um, I, I think he's going to, you know, uh, broach the subject with her. But if you start That's early, good. like, you know, I know we it talk does. with our kids and yeah, it needs to start know, really early. Like both of our, our, um, you know, oldest have Roth accounts at 19 that's, and 20 years that's, old. That's right. I mean, so they're, they're starting to invest at a very young age. So spend some time with them. Yeah. And involve them in the decision-making process. Right. I mean, get them, you know, I mean, not saying that you really counsel them, but, Get, but let them, you know, know your thinking about mm-hmm. money and how you make decisions and show them an example, lead by an example and let them see that example. Yep. I think is a good way to do that. All right. Good uh, prescription of the week. And that leads up to our last topic. And that is money problems leads to divorce, which leads to more money problems. Yeah, so that is so true. It's a vicious cycle here. So it's, you know, not a. Unfortunately, it's a sad topic to talk about divorce and what that kind of leads to money-wise, but you need to think about it if you're anywhere close to that situation and 
you know, in the event that you know somebody that you can counsel about this. That's right. That's right. And you and I do a lot of counseling for folks in this situation. And, you know, if money is a, a sticky subject, divorce is even stickier than that. And unfortunately, the two often go uh, hand in hand. And it's a fact. Money problems are one of the leading causes of, of divorce in America. Studies show that 57% of persons who have gone through a divorce list money problems, uh, money fights as a primary reason for their separation. But money problems don't stop when couples make the painful decisions uh, to split. For many people, they actually get a whole lot worse. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, from the added cost of child care to the need for each spouse to work and have their own house, um, most financial burdens are caused by divorce or are obvious. I mean, you see them out there. It's just, you know, a thing that trying to keep up two households costs more than one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes they're overlooked, though, um, is the impact divorce has on your retirement. Uh, for years, I mean, one or both spouses contribute to 401ks, IRAs, and pension plans, perhaps. And then retirement um, ages are discussed, contributions are made accordingly, and then everything falls apart, you know, as it does in a divorce. And in most divorces, retirement investments are split down the middle. You know, what was once enough for a couple to retire comfortably is now stretched too thin for two people to retire separately. And inevitably, we see one spouse will dip into it, too, mm -hmm. at least one spouse, you know, to buy a new house or to pay down bills. You know, emotions run high, and they can lead people to make really serious mistakes, you know, following a divorce. So be careful of that. Yeah, and one of the, the, the money issues, the reason why it, it does cause problems after you're divorced is experts estimate that it costs between 30 to 50% more for two people to retire separately than it does for a couple to retire together. So <clears throat> if you yeah. have... You know, if you have, let's say, half a million dollars, you know, that's going to be, you probably need 750 for two people because you have more expenses. You know, each person has the challenge of paying for a house, a car. You think about all the other expenditures with half of the money uh, they have if they had stayed together. So for couple, couples age 50 and older, reduced retirement income is really a big concern um, in the when you start looking at people getting divorced. It sure is, yeah. And from 1999 to 2010, divorces in that age group have doubled. And in 2010 alone, 25% of divorces in the U.S. were between couples above age 50. I mean, baby boomers are splitting at such a high rate that it even it's even been given a nickname called the gray divorce. So with a limited number of years to rebuild and recover, you know, your savings, older people are forced to drastically reduce their lifestyles and their expectations. So you have to be really smart and careful um, with what you have, you know, come out of a divorce. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's a very vulnerable time. I mean, once you hit 50 and <clears throat> the kids are out of the house, you know, it can, you know, it can, it can erupt. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and, and financial counseling, no doubt, can make a marriage stronger, but sometimes that still isn't enough. Um, sometimes couples need to get marriage counseling as well. One of the things that, that we see, um, Steve, and, and um, I've been in, um, I've seen the FPU class that Dave has, Dave Ramsey has, Financial Peace University. Uh, it, it strengthens marriages. It, it gets people on the same page. Um, Dave has a great process, step-by-step, um, -step that you can follow similar terminology because like we talked about earlier i mean yeah. couples come from different backgrounds they have different attitudes different emotions towards money and a lot of times that causes conflict and and one of the great things about about dave's course is is it gets you on the same page 
That's Keep a great resource. from the same sheet of music. Great so. resource, yeah, really is. Yeah, and I mean, so, you know, if divorce looks like it may be on the horizon for you, I mean, you, you, a couple, you need to find some help, right? And, you know, a financial advisor is a good place to turn, somebody with some experience, you know, maybe an older advisor or somebody mm-hmm. that's, you know, looks like they've been through some serious counseling with folks through the time. Um, they can really help you guide through, you know, any proceedings and also think about the issues surrounding, you know, your money and making wise decisions following a divorce um, because it's just a tough time. You have to make some smart decisions. It can really go bad. Yeah, I mean, go to a church. I know our church has um, some counselors that help with yeah, folks most, that are struggling. Most churches can <clears throat> refer you to some good So I would do the that. marriage counseling as well as getting some financial assistance as well, uh, someone to look at your situation because it, it's a big deal when people divorce. It's very emotional, but financially it can be devastating as well. Yeah, you want to you wanna try to temper that as much as possible. So... All right, good topic. That leads us up to our close of this week's edition of Money MD with John and Steve. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And check us out on our website, moneymd.net. And email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, John and Steve at Richard Young Associates at 706 739 Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Have a good one. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC.